Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Beat My Guest. I'm your host, AJ Mass. If you're new to the show, each week I invite a guest to sit in the hot seat and field questions in a wide variety of topics, earning points for the episode on a scale of 1 to 100. For those of you playing along at home, you have but one task set before you, and that is to see if you can beat my guest. Mm, but before you can beat my guest, you need to meet my guest. So let's give a warm welcome to today's guest, Mike Cameron. Mike, how are you, sir? I'm fine, AJ. How you doing? Doing well. Now, Mike, this is not your first proverbial rodeo as it goes. Been in the hot seat before, uh, but why don't you tell everybody who you are, what you do, and what you've been up to since the last time you were uh, held in captivity and forced uh, torturously to answer trivia questions. Uh, Well, uh, I am Mike Cameron. I uh, live in a suburb of Charlotte, a small little country town called Winget. I am actually currently between jobs right now. I uh, appeared just briefly after Geek Bowl um, last year. Uh, This year, we're doing it a little bit early, I guess, uh, because Geek Bowl is is here in a few weeks. And I guess the only other thing I can say is that back in August, uh, me and my team, the Sinister Six, who will be at Geek Bowl, we won the uh, Team Trivia National Tournament. So... We're going to see if we can make it two in a row. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> and that was the, the, the Sinister Five plus Steve Bonovit. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it truly was. Phil had a wedding to go to. so don't, I don't want to poo-poo on Steve. Since oh, I, no, no. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> trust me, Steve was a huge asset. So <laughs> that, that was et at the end there, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, yeah, there you go. That, <laughs> yes, there was an et. <laughs> well, uh, let's uh, let you uh, know. Uh, I'm sure you've remember very fondly the rules of the game uh where the rules are at as it were there are going to be four rounds of four questions apiece in each round i will let you know the categories in order that will be used for the round before we read each question you get to lock in how many points you wish each question to be worth get it right you get the points it is just that simple there's also gonna be a halftime bonus worth 10 points and at the end of the game you'll field what we call the confidence question you'll last chance to try and improve your final score but i will explain all of that when we get there we cannot get there until we hit the ground running with question number one of round number one are you ready Mike. Yes, sir. As always, as usual, point values available to you in round one are one, three, five, and seven. And here are the categories we'll be using for round one in today's game. Kicking things off with movies, following it up with around the world. And then we're going to move along to history. And we are going to wrap up round one with analogies. But first things are first movies, one, three, five, or seven. Yeah, I'm going to have to come out of the gate strong on this because of all of these categories, movies is definitely the only one that I feel is in my wheelhouse. So I'm going to have to go seven on this one. Seven points on movies. And just a reminder to everybody, this is our alphabet season. Every answer in today's game, unless I say otherwise, will begin with the same letter, either the first word of two words, a last name, a first name. Somewhere in there, there is going to be the magical letter. And today's magical letter is E. E is your letter. And here we go with your seven-point movie question. Good luck, sir. Comedian James Acaster said of this Oscar-winning film, I so wish this would have been called Look Who's Hawking. Name the film and its lead actor. Look Who's Hawking. I think that's a throwback to Look Who's Talking with John Travolta. James Acaster. No idea who that is, actually. Of course, Hawking... Could either be the bird or Stephen Hawking. Getting to E is going to be the problem on this one. Oscar-winning film. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I was I was struggling with the E part until I remember you had to name the actor. So Stephen Hawking, his biographical uh, film, an Oscar-winning film, uh, was The Theory of Everything. 
uh, and but there's no E in there. But however, the Oscar-winning actor was Eddie Redmayne. So Eddie Redmayne in The Theory of Everything. Eddie Redmayne and The Theory of Everything is your answer. I'm beginning to question if you got enough sleep last night. Uh, you said The Theory of Everything that does start with E. Everything starts with E. Well, okay, true, true, true. All right, I was, <laughs> I was, I was thinking of the the first word after the, basically. No, so, no, yeah, you're be, right, you're right. Any word in the answer, yeah. yes, okay. any word in the answer. But uh, <laughs> okay, my bad, my bad. Yeah, you're right. A little no lack of sleep, so yeah, that's all right. We're getting warmed up. The hot seat takes time to warm up. So, uh, yeah, James A. Caster is pretty uh, popular comedian uh, in the UK. He goes on a lot of the panel shows that are over there. He also has a, a series of Netflix specials from his live performances that's out now. They're pretty, pretty funny uh, series of shows. Yeah, no, he's very he's he's witty rather than funny. Uh, in that very British way, but I find him yeah. very entertaining. And uh, yeah, one of the comments that he made, he was talking about uh, this film about uh, the life of the wheelchair-bound physicist and said it really should have been called Look Who's Hawking. <laughs> I think that's hilarious. That's well, awesome. The theory of everything is correct. Eddie Remain is correct. Go and have a Danish girl. You get your seven points. <laughs> I'll take it. Excellent start to the game. All right. We are cruising cooking with gas, as it were. Around the world is next. One, three, or five points. I uh, got to go one. Geography, not my strong point. Okay. One point around the world. Good luck. And here is your question. Of all the countries around the world that start with the letter E, only one sits completely above the Tropic of Cancer. What is it? Oh, wow. Okay. So countries that begin with E, completely above the Tropic of Cancer, right? Correct. This is where I I can just start listing Egypt, Ecuador, Equatorial Guinea, El Salvador, Estonia, Ethiopia. It's got to sit way above it. Sure that there are plenty out there that are. If it's got to sit entirely above the Tropic of Cancer, I know Egypt and Africa, El Salvador is in Central America. I'm gonna go with Estonia just because. Out of E countries that aren't, that I know are in the Southern Hemisphere, so. Estonia is your answer. Now, most of the E countries uh, that are out there actually do sit tropical in between the Tropic of Cancer and uh, the Tropic of Capricorn. Of course, you've got your Ecuador, Equatorial Guinea, things like that that are named because they're on the equator. So obviously, they're right. right there in the middle. The Tropic of Cancer actually goes through Egypt. Most of it sits above it, but not all. So that would not be a correct answer. Uh, the newly named Eswatini sits below the Tropic of Capricorn. Uh, that is the only one that is a complete below. The only one that is complete above. It's a neighbor of that very cold country called Russia. It is Estonia. Woo! Well done, sir. I'll take it. It's one of those ones that once you think of it, it, it kind of is the only one that makes sense, I think. Excellent job. Two for two. Thank I you. Better quickly do a rewrite on question three here. Hang on one second. Okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. Get them all right. Oh, gotcha. Get them okay. all right. That was a joke, sir. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. He has so far, he has put the A in everything. Let's see if we can keep that going here. With <laughs> a history question, you have three, you have five. How much, sir? I generally suck at analogies, so I'm going to have to go five on history. All right, five points on history. Good luck. And here we go. 
1972, it came as quite a shock to his running mate that this Missouri senator and vice presidential candidate had a secret history of mental illness. Who was this man forced to withdraw from the ticket? 1972 VP candidate from Missouri. Oh, man, I'm the E-thing. So I know in 72 there was Nixon. Is that when McGovern ran? Okay, just because I can think of nothing else, and I know that he, um, I'm not trying to get hung up on uh, starting with an E on the first or last name like I did with uh, uh, my first question. So uh, I know he, I think, I know he had political aspirations. He might have been VP candidate. I thought he might have actually run or actually been somebody's VP at some point. I'm going to go with Nelson E. Rockefeller. Nelson E. Rockefeller is your answer. The middle initial certainly would count uh, in the grand scheme of things here. Uh, it's not correct. Uh, yeah, George McGovern uh, was the uh, presidential candidate we we're talking about here. And, you know, it, it shows that the more things change, the more they stay the same. People looking for this secret dirt on the candidates. What qualifies as secret dirt might uh, not be the same, but apparently... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't so much that this vice presidential candidate had uh, been uh, institutionalized or subject to some sort of uh, treatment for mental illness that was the big deal. It was that he had admitted that on several occasions he had undergone electroshock therapy, and people were a little bit, uh, at least at the top of the party. From what I understand, polls at the time still had him uh, with a 70% approval rating amongst potential voters, and George McGovern stood behind him 1,000%, and then he dropped off the ticket, which kind of put a little blemish on George McGovern. We are talking uh, about Thomas Eagleton. Uh, yep, I've, I've heard of him. Not sure exactly in what context, but yeah, I'm definitely familiar with the name, but I was never going to get there. At least they didn't have to dig up any old uh, college yearbooks or anything like yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> he he yeah. was open about it. He came, Ooh. you know, he, said he came clean and then like, it's yeah. still uh, mm, no bueno. It's always going to be something. Uh, yeah. Well, that ends the perfecto. <laughs> but that's okay. We are doing just fine, and we're going to finish off round one now with a three-point analogies question. You expressed a little dismay. Hopefully, this may be not as difficult as you thought. We'll see. <laughs> All right, so here, Mike, is your three-point analogies question. Jared Higgins is to Juice World as Eric Wright is to who? You said Juice World. I did. I have no idea what that is. Um, I can't. Eric Wright, I'm pretty sure is Easy E's uh, actual name. So I'm assuming Juice World and is not some type of branded soft drink or health drink or Red Bull or something. Uh, I'm going to assume that's a rapper. So I'm going to go Easy E. Easy E is your answer. When I heard uh, or saw actually on Twitter that Juice World started to trend uh, at the end of uh, last year around the holiday time, I thought perhaps there was some sort of Jamba Juice thing going on or some sort of... Uh... <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, that's exactly where my, where my mind went to as well. So, Yes, but apparently Juice World, uh, juice spelled uh, as you would expect for orange juice or something like that, world all capitalized but no O, W-R-L-D, <sighs> Uh, is indeed an American rapper who uh, has broken into the mainstream with his single Lucid Dreams. 
and he's part of Lil Bibby's Great A Productions and Interscope Records. Yes, thank you, Wikipedia. I had no idea. I mean, I'd, I'd heard the name. <laughs> I'd never heard that before today. Uh, yeah, I've, I've heard the name. I don't. I haven't heard the music yet. I'm sure he's the type of he's the type of artist. I'm sure will be on SNL at some point in the upcoming yeah. uh, year, just because they they can't tend to book names that are, are kind of making a name for themselves like this. Uh, but anyway, Juice World's real name, or at least the name that was given to him at birth, Jared Higgins. And so I'm asking what a rapper, perhaps uh, better known by the stage name, but was born Eric Wright. He is a member of NWA, or at least he was when he was still alive. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Rest in peace. Easy. Well done, sir. All right. Good job. Well, we went straight out of Compton and right into uh, three correct answers in round one. Well done. I'll, I'll take it. So at the end of that first round, 11 points out of possible 16, already in double digits. You must be feeling pretty good. Right now I am, but we've got a lot of show for me to trudge through. <laughs> so we'll see how I feel by the end of it. Yeah. I might still be at 11 points. <laughs> well, we shall see. At least I don't deduct points until the confidence question. So exactly. you, can't, you can't be any lower than 11. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, let us move on to round two. The point values are going to increase to two, four, six, and eight. The categories we will be dealing with will be a little bit different. That's how the game is played. Here are our round two categories. Kicking things off with sports. Following that up with Fungo, moving along to Potpourri, and we're going to wrap up the first half and round two with Audio Hodgepodge, which admittedly is a bit of a lifestyle. Sports is up first, however, two, four, six, or eight. Yeah, uh, this is, I really like the new Fungo category, so I think I'm going to have to say for that, um, Potpourri is such a crapshoot, as is Audio Hodgepodge. But unfortunately, sports, again, is even though I did well in my other weaker category of, of geography, um, I'm actually much weaker in sports. So I'm have to go. I'm have to start out low instead of high on this one and go two. OK, two points for sports. Good luck, Mike. And here is your question. This is no gimme or is it uh, this golfer holds the record for the most consecutive weeks in the top 10? of the official world golf rankings at 758 weeks. Who is he? Begins with an E. I'm just going through golfers I can name. I mean, you got your obvious Tiger Woods, um, Roy McIlroy, Bubba Watson, Nick Faldo, Jordan Spieth. The only only e-golfer that's even coming to mind is Ernie Els. That's actually a double E for that. So I'm, I'm, I'm just going to say... Ernie L's throwing the towel and hope it's right. It's probably a, a more obscure golfer I've, I've haven't heard of, but I'm just going to go Ernie L's. Ernie L's is absolutely a golfer, uh, South African, I believe. And, yeah. uh, certainly has uh, been around, uh, long enough for him to, uh, perhaps, uh, compile a, a solid uh, resume uh, such as this. This is uh, one where a lot of people out there might be thinking, uh, you know, whenever there's a golf question, you're going to say Tiger Woods, but this is an E, so I can't exactly. say Tiger Woods. And then perhaps some people out there are thinking they're pretty darn clever, realizing that Tiger Woods' given name is Eldrick, in which case Eldrick Tiger Woods would be a really fine answer for this question in an e episode and wouldn't aj be that devious and tricky to do that unfortunately uh tiger woods maxed out at 747 consecutive weeks 758 weeks is a record held by ernie l's well done oh. mike 
<laughs> oh man. And that was the, the, the little gimme clue you tried to trick me up with, but I was actually too stupid to fall for it. So. <laughs> hey, you know, we try, we try. I mean, you know, people always blame me of trying to be devious and you know, I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to lean into the, into it a little bit there. I don't blame you. As Admiral Golfer Akbar might say, it's a sand trap. <laughs> Well done. Well done. Ernie L's. I couldn't resist a double E. <laughs> yeah. That, that's, that's also kind of what led me there. So, <laughs> All right. Fungo is next. Three clues all pointing to the exact same answer. You have four. You have six. You have eight. I think I'm going to have to go eight. I know it's a gamble, but I'm going to go eight based on what's coming up. Okay. Very good. Eight point Fungo question. Good luck. And here we go. Clue number one. Taya Sirkar plays the quote-unquote real version of this character on a critical darling of a sitcom. Clue number two. This is a lonely lady of song and presumably a parishioner of Father Mackenzie. Clue number three. Famously married a fifth cousin once removed and became a syndicated newspaper columnist. Get hung up on this Taya Seacar. I'm not sure... Is Ty spelled T-Y-A? This is spelled uh, T-I-Y-A, and her last name is Sirkar, S-I-R-C-A-R. Ty is Sirkar. I think that's what I'm going to have to hang on to if I can figure out who she is. The Critical Darling, see, I'm getting hung up on The Good Place. Um, uh, it's the E thing. Uh, I mean, it's obviously not Christian Bale. I know it's not the girl who plays Johnny Okay, I'm stuck on The Good Place. I love that sitcom. I don't know who this actress is on there. Oh, wait a minute. Okay, so Christian Bell's character is Eleanor, but she's mistaken for another Eleanor. So the real version of this Eleanor is probably paid by Tyus Sircor. And that definitely begins with an E. So I'm going to I'm going to go with Eleanor. You you uh, dismissed the other two clues, but that's what I love about a fungo. If you can get it from one, you can get it from all three. Uh, you uh, you once you said the good place, I knew you were in the ballpark. And if you just just go through all the main character names, I mean, yeah. uh, cheating? No. Hey, Eleanor starts with E. Uh, yes, Taya Sirkar plays the quote unquote real Eleanor who shows up in the first season to uh, cause havoc. Uh, you know, of course, I'm not going to spoil anything for those of you who haven't been watching, but. Uh, She's not really the Eleanor. Uh, Lonely Lady of Song. <laughs> it's a little Beatles ditty. Father Mackenzie. Eleanor yeah. Indeed. And she famously married her fifth cousin. He became president of the United States. I'm talking, of course, of Eleanor wow. Roosevelt. Yes, they were all right there in front of me. And yes, and later on, she, she did have a huge, huge popular newspaper column ah oh, geez she okay. wrote it until she she wrote it pretty much until she died uh my day was the name of that column and uh yep indeed they were fifth cousins Every, you know when i was growing up they said she married her cousin and it sounded a lot more scandalous like oh fifth cousins <laughs> please <laughs> <laughs> aren't we all six degrees from uh kevin bacon so five well, degrees I mean, with fdr is not that big a deal <laughs> unless of course you are liz lemon from 30 rock i don't know if you remember when she found out that she was related and um, and they were trying to suss out the, the guy that she was dating. I think played by James Marston, if I'm not mistaken. And um, and he was like, "Okay, so let's figure out exactly what would be acceptable. The the level would be, and we'll just say it at the same time." And of course, he goes six cousins, and she goes, "Not acceptable on any level." 
Ah, <laughs> uh, Tina Fey, how we love you. Let us move on here. Uh, you're you're going to be rocking 30 points if you keep up at this pace very soon. Potpourri is next. You have a four and a six. Such a crapshoot. I'm going to go four and hope I get lucky on hodgepodge instead. Okay. Four points for Potpourri. Good luck. And here is your question. Advertising executives in London are still quite amazed that their mental health awareness campaign has been so embraced. What is the name of the spokesperson they created for this campaign? Oh, this is going to be me creating a name. I'm not familiar with this at all of of this ad. I'm sure I might have stumbled across a video of it because I'm always just perusing YouTube. Think of something a little bit clever to do with mental health that begins with an E. Uh, I don't know. I'm not clever enough to come up with something. So I'll just say his name is everybody because everybody deserves good mental health. Well, that is very true. Everybody does deserve to get mental health. Uh, it's kind of a bit of an everyman, I guess you could say, a character. There, 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 every, everybody? Sure. Yeah, that's okay, it. Every sure. Uh, it's not correct, but it points to you uh, in the imaginary fashion for uh, <laughs> the uh, fine public statement there. Uh, no, I believe you probably have heard about this and just don't realize it, or at least on some level, once I tell you, begin uh, telling you what happened, uh, you tell me. But I, I think you've heard about this. So there's this thing called Instagram. Okay. And uh, Kylie Jenner uh, famously has the most popular picture of all time uh, with 19 million people saying hey that's a pretty cool picture of you and your uh, i believe it was her uh, holding her newborn's finger or something like that it was very popular okay. uh, and then all of a sudden over the last month or so uh, momentum started building uh to where this picture of an egg just a plain brown egg Okay. Suddenly was getting liked and liked and liked and liked uh, to the point where not only it shot past Kylie Jenner to be the most liked Instagram photo of all time, but it's now, uh, as we record this, around 52 million likes, uh, blowing her out of the water completely. The picture started to get cracks in it. Uh, It changed a little bit and got cracks in it and then a little smiley face on it. And it turned out that by the time the Super Bowl came around, it was discovered that this was actually uh, an ad campaign for mental health awareness. And the egg had been cracking up under the pressure. And if anyone has been cracking up under the pressure, they should seek some professional help. And so these London ad execs, a stealth campaign to uh, raise awareness on mental health from their wonderful, most popular uh, individual or account on Instagram. Eugene the Egg. Okay, I am familiar with the popularity, the sudden weird popularity of the egg. Um, I think I failed to hear the follow up on that, but that is really cool. I like that. I mean, I wish I I'd gotten points for it, but <laughs> I like it. I think it's a lot. I mean, it's a lot, uh, I guess, more socially constructive than the time that people wanted to make that pickle picture more popular on Facebook than uh, Nickelback. <laughs> right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Well, did not get that one, but. Uh, Hey, you know, it's okay. You're good. You're fine. <laughs> I'll take where I'm at. Yeah. Don't so. drive yourself crazy over it. That's kind of the point of the campaign here. Exactly. Order for ducks back. Order for ducks back. Uh, Audio Hodgepodge is up next. It's going to birth six points to you as we wrap up round two and the first half here. Here's how Audio Hodgepodge works. I am going to read you a question. When I'm done reading the question, I will play a clip for you. After you listen to that clip, the idea is that you'll be able to come up with the correct answer to said question. Are you ready to hear it, sir? Yes, sir. Mike, listen to the following clip, and all you have to do is tell me the name of the television show from whence it originated. 
George, Giant, Je oh, save your strength, Stanley, because here comes easy reader. Ah, top to bottom and left to right, reading stuff is out of sight. What's happening, Carmel Lee? Ah. Well, I have been talking to Stanley. And what I'm needing is something for reading. Stanley, baby! Sock it too old easy. Oh, wait a minute. Wait, he's resting. He was laying a lot of words on me, so he'll be with you in one minute. That, that, okay? That's cool. That's okay. cool. All right. Okay. Classic show, public television. Of course, you could have asked for the name of the character, Easy Reader. Uh, I'm sure you know this, as a lot of your listeners do. Uh, portrayed actually by a young Morgan Freeman back in the day. Um, and the name of that show, my personal favorite segment, being the comic book nerd, was when Spider-Man would show up. But uh, it was Electric Company. Electric Company is your answer. That was indeed Easy Reader, the character. Uh, I, I considered perhaps shooting for that, but we already had Easy E. I thought Easy might be in your head. And, uh, you know, he says his name like every five seconds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, it was hard to find a good clip. That is actually the first appearance of Easy Reader. That was the debut appearance, Morgan Freeman uh, and uh, his uh, acting partner in that scene, Rita Moreno. I mean, that show was stacked with talent. It was. Uh, and yes, indeed, still around uh, to this day. Here's fun fact. When they rebooted The Electric Company recently and kind of put little rappers into it and made it a little bit more modern, uh, the actor who plays Cheaty on The Good Place was on The Electric Company reboots. Oh. Electric Company is the correct answer. Well done, sir. Six points. All right. So we have 16. 16 points in that round. I'm going to add it to the 11 points you had coming into round two. My goodness, 27 points at the half. Very, very well done, sir. How are you feeling? I'm feeling fantastic as of now. Like I say, we still got more than half for me to trudge through. And I have a feeling there's a lot more harder questions coming up. So, uh, but yeah, I bet you're so excited you're going to start reading a matchbook. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It is time for the halftime bonus question. Here's how it's going to work. I am going to ask you a question. It is the game's only partial credit question. After I ask the question, uh, we're going to pause for a little bit of a break here while you work on your answers. Hopefully, when we come back from the break, you will be able to come up with as many of the correct answers as possible to the following question. Here it is. In the 1990s, alternative music was all the rage. Now, Better Than Ezra hit number one in April of 1995. Although, ironically, no group was called Ezra. Now, there were seven artists who start with the letter E who also hit number one on the Billboard Alternative Singles charts in the decade of the 1990s. For two points each, I'm going to ask for you to name for me any five of those seven artists. I will give you a little bit of time to think about your answer, and we'll be back after the break. If you'd like to support Beat My Guest, helping to make more episodes like this possible, please consider becoming a patron, just like Matthew, Chris, Terry, and many others who have joined since the start of the season. Check out patreon.com slash beatmyguest for details. And now back to me for the second half of this week's episode. And welcome back to Beat My Guest. My guest this week is Mike Cameron. When we last left Mike, he was sitting on 27 points. That's right, you heard me, 27 points. And he was working on the following halftime bonus question in the 1990s. Alternative music was all the rage. 
1995, Better Than Ezra hit number one on the charts, although there was no group called Ezra. However, there were seven artists whose names start with E who also hit number one on the Billboard Alternative Singles charts in the 1990s. For two points each, I've asked Mike to name for me any five of those artists. Just for clarification here, when I say uh, the artists start with E, if it's a band, that means first word of the band's name starts with E. Also, for any solo artists, the E has to be the first name. We do not go by last name. That's the way Billboard does it. Okay. So. So Alanis Morissette was the correct answer for A. Okay, so first one that comes to mind is Everclear. I know Elvis Costello has a long storied career. Uh, Evanescence and an EMF. But as far as a fifth one, assuming that any of these even hit number one in the 90s. One I think about, it, I think Everclear was more of a new millennium when they started to break out. Uh, from a fifth one, I'm just going to say Eddie Vedder. I don't think he actually had much of a solo career. I could be wrong. I mean, I know that he was with uh, Temple of the Dog and uh, Pearl Jam, of course, but I'm just going to say Eddie Vedder. Okay, Mike. So uh, those are your answers. Let us see how you did. The first song on our list, the artist was number one for nine weeks total, though it was one of these, uh, was number one for a while, dropped off, came back, because those things are fun. This was in from December through February of 1999, just sneaking in under the wire here. Uh, this is a song called What It's Like. Maybe then you might know Maybe what it's like. like. Yep. And that was Everlast. One time he was known as DJ Everlast, and then he dropped the DJ, Ooh. and so he was Everlast by the time this hits. Right. Everlast. I believe uh, he also had a, had a minor hit with I Got the Neck. Neck, 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 neck. You got yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So no points on that one. Uh, moving on to a group that made it for just one week in October of 1997 with a little ditty called, uh, I think they spelled it with E's and not with A's, Everything to everyone. <laughs> uh, you would have thought they might have made it with Santa Monica, but they didn't. They made it with this song. Everclear is I'll, I'll the correct answer for you. Two points. Well done. Woohoo! Might be my only two, but I'll take them. Uh, well, we shall see. We shall see. Uh, moving on to a group that hit four weeks total uh, in a complete yo-yo of a situation here. This Actually, this song hit the top of the alternative charts three different times. It just went on, went off, went on, went off, went on for four weeks total in 1998. Uh, and this was a song called Inside Out by a band named after an X-Files uh, character, Eve Six. Find nothing but faith in nothing. Uh, but you're not in nothing. You have two points so far. So we will move on here. A little more obscure, I think, the next couple ones. With uh, two weeks in June of 1991, a song called Get the Message. This was like a somewhat super group. I know Johnny Marr, the Smiths, was in this group. It's called Electronic. Not exactly. Yeah, not never exactly. Heard of them. You know what? I looked up the song. I vaguely remember the song. Would never have come up with it. But okay. yeah, I, yeah, exactly. Uh, more known, I think, for the video where I think it, it worshipped Helvetica. <laughs> <laughs> Next on the list uh, for two weeks in October of 1996, a song called Novocaine for the Soul. Uh, you might know it better by the catchy little. Um, it's not even. It's not even a catchy chorus, but before I sputter out, like that's that's kind of the the hook to the okay. song. 
uh, and it is a group called Eels. I've heard of them, yeah. Four weeks in 1991 for most of the month of May. This is a song that sounds like every single one of his other songs. I don't really think there's anything special about this song, but I'm not going to criticize the other side of summer from one Elvis Costello. <laughs> Excellent. Four points for you. Well done. Uh, and uh, there is no EMF on this list. They actually hit number one with Unbelievable on the regular chart. And funnily enough, it only went to number three on the alternative chart, which is very odd. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> okay, sure. Yeah, I, I don't quite understand it myself, but uh, that's why that's not on the list. Uh, and this is a group that was sometimes billed just by the band name. Sometimes uh, the uh, lead singer was thrown in as well. So I'm including it. Five weeks, uh, September 1991. A song called So You Think You're In Love from Robin Hitchcock and the Egyptians. The uh, Egyptians. Okay. I listen to this. This is awful. Okay. <laughs> Sorry if you're a Robert Hitchcock fan out there. This was awful. But still, you know what's not awful is your performance in that round because you did get two right. You got uh, oh, Elvis man. and you got the Everclear, even though you almost talked yourself out of it. I um, did. Yeah, four points added to the 27 he had coming into halftime, which means we are entering the second half at a very healthy 31 points. Well done, sir. How you holding up? 31's pretty good. Pretty good. I, I, like I say, I've got no qualms so far. So the worst I can do at this point is not is skunk the next two rounds, blow the confidence question at full, and I'll still walk out of here with 21 points. So I'm okay with that. You're okay with that. But I have a feeling that this score might go up just a wee little bit in the second half. But we shall see. Uh, round three is next. The point values, they are going to maintain that two, four, six, eight rating. However, the categories, they're going to change. And this is what they're going to be a changing to. We're going to kick things off with everybody's new favorite category only in Florida. Florida. <laughs> Follow it up with who done it. Move along to what comes next. And we are going to wrap up round three with television. But first things first, okay. only in Florida, two, four, six, or eight. Well, I know where my strong point is on this one, so I've got to save my eight for the last one. As much as I love crazy Florida news, it, you, you do you do some really deep dives on that, but they are awesome. Even if I miss every single one, which I have so far, I will admit I love hearing the stories behind them. And who done it and what comes next are both pretty difficult categories. So you know what? What the hey? I'll go ahead and go six on Florida. All right, six points for Florida. Good luck. And here is your six-point question. Yaxan Rosada entered a Florida hardware store in August of 2017 and purchased a welder's mask. Before he could return to his car, he was arrested by tons of police. Why had Rosada bought the mask? Yaxan Rosada. That's just a, a great name to start with. So you're asking specifically, why had he purchased a welder's mask? Correct. That was two years ago. Hmm. Okay. So, I don't think him getting arrested had to do with buying the welder's mask, because that is not the question. It's why he bought the welder's mask. He obviously did something stupid before he bought the welder's mask, I'm assuming. So, 2017... Back in August of 2017 was the uh, total solar eclipse because I actually drove down to 
I drove about an hour and a half to go be in an area that was going to be in the line of totality. So I'm going to say it was around uh, uh, late August uh, on a Monday, and he bought the welder's mask to view the eclipse. And I don't know what he did to get arrested, <laughs> but I'm sure he was probably on the lamb from the law for some reason. And he and he just, oh, look, the eclipse is coming up. I'm going to stop and buy a water's mask. Okay, very good. Uh, that is your answer. Uh, some sort of uh, eclipse viewing paraphernalia would be, uh, I guess, what you're saying there is what he yes. wanted to do. Yes. Uh, so uh, Yaksen Rosata indeed was driving along. And that's why I put the date in there is hopefully would trigger your memories of the fact that there was a total solar eclipse going on there and he wanted to view the eclipse. So, yes, indeed, you will get your six points here. Well done. Anything with eclipse viewing or solar eclipse in your answer gets you the points. That is correct. But I know you won't want to know the whole other half of the story here. Yes, I do. I would not leave you hanging. No, sir. <laughs> Yeah, he, he went into the store. He purchased with money. He did not steal the welder's mask. No, he went up to the counter. He got his welder's mask. He went outside. The eclipse was happening. He put the welder's mask on his head, and he watched the eclipse with the appropriate, uh, I assume, uh, you know, shading okay. to protect his yeah. eyes. Yeah. Well done on Yaksan's part. The problem is, is that uh, he was in the midst of a car chase for stealing a car. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is awesome! Yeah, he uh, he, he had he had evaded the police, the car that was chasing him for just a second, and he re he looked up. He said, "Oh, the eclipse is happening!" He stopped, pulled into pulled into the parking lot, walked in, bought the mask, came outside, stood outside, and then uh, didn't notice the uh, the number of police cars who pulled up to arrest him. <laughs> oh my God! Only in Florida. Only in Florida. That's why we love this category. <laughs> But well done, you did get the points. Who done it? <laughs> why done it? That was why done it. Apparently, who done it is next. Two, four, or eight points. I'll go four on this one. I'm, I mean, these next two are are crapshoot. So uh, for, for me anyway, because those categories can just jump all around and cover such a wide range of categories again. So, but I'll go ahead and go four because uh, I tend to find that the what comes next is a little bit harder for me when I'm playing on my own. So who done it is next four points for you. Good luck. Here is your question. He was a one time governor of Massachusetts, a United States Senator and the 20th secretary of state under Millard Fillmore. However, he's perhaps best known for being the guy who spoke for two hours as the opening act for Abraham Lincoln's Gettysburg Address. Who done it? Most famously known for that, though, and I have no idea who it is. <laughs> I think his speech may have been overshadowed a bit. <laughs> yeah, I, I would imagine. Got up there and just started talking. I'm sure he walked off feeling pretty damn good about his two-hour presentation he just gave and well, here's little Mr. Lincoln. Only politician I can think of is Daniel Webster, and I don't think his middle name begins has an E in it anywhere. I'll, I'll, yeah, sure, why not? I'll guess Daniel E. Webster. I know it's not right, but that's the <laughs> only, I mean, uh, that's the only one I can think of under, actually, I'm pretty sure he had passed. Oh, man, wait a minute. Well, let me, because I, I know that can't be right. Is there another politician? Oh, wait a minute was um he had double e's uh, uh, uh. see i want to say eddie edwards pretty sure there wouldn't have been a politician in the 1800s with the name eddie edward i don't think he had a name that was edward edwards 
I'll just go Edward Edwards. Edward Edwards is your answer. Uh, if there had been an American Idol back in the day, I'm sure he he would have been champion. Uh, Philip Phillips can win in modern day. <laughs> Edward <laughs> Edwards can certainly sure. Crown. Yeah. Fun fact about this answer here is that uh, he was actually the guy they invited to speak at Gettysburg. He was the featured speaker. Everyone was excited to hear him speak. Uh, Lincoln was the kind of uh, add-on who was just going to throw in a few words at the end. Uh, and when he was done. <laughs> Uh, this guy went over to him and said, well, you just said in two minutes what I took two hours to say. And <laughs> thanks. Uh, you know, he actually he was actually then uh, from that point on actually became a huge advocate of Abraham Lincoln and endorsed him for president and uh, okay. stuff. He, he actually did enjoy it. Uh, he actually was at one point uh, when he was the governor of Massachusetts, he lost his reelection bid on essentially one vote. Back then, you had to have a majority of the votes in order to win the election, and they would continue to do runoffs until that was until that was the case. Uh, the person he was running against got exactly 50%, and he did not ask for a recount. He did not ask for uh, a revote. He said, yeah, just take it. It's yours. And everyone uh, in his party hated him for it, but uh, everyone else kind of said, well done, sir, because he he did lose to this guy. He just right. didn't have the majority. Became a great orator of the United States, and his name is Edward Everett. <sighs> oh, so close yet so far. And if only, if only he had been a little bit more concise. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, let us move on here to happier times with what comes next. You have the high, low, left, the two and the eight. What say ye, sir? Got to go two. Had a feeling. <laughs> yeah. Two points. What comes next? I think you know what I'm going to ask you. It's what comes next. Here we go. Dorothy Brock, 2001. Millie Dillmount, 2002. Tracy Turnblatt, 2003. What comes next? 2004. These names mean absolutely nothing to me. That will well, make it harder. <laughs> <laughs> Turnblatt, 2003. Turnblatt, 2003. That Turnblatt actually seems vaguely familiar, but uh, again, I've it's it's not tickling anything. I don't know. Obviously, a female something or another. I don't know if these are sports figures, women's tennis, maybe. I don't think so. I think I would have heard anything. Dorothy Brock, singers, performers of some sort. Wow. Uh, I'm I'm just gonna make up another double E name, not quite as clever as Edward Edwards, and I'm just gonna say Elaine Eleanor. <laughs> Elaine Eleanor, fine, fine uh, <laughs> tennis pro. <laughs> yeah, I believe I, she she beats uh, Serena six one six two in the Australian Open. No, no, I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think you were closest to this when you said they were singers uh, of a sort. Okay. So uh, back in 2001, the Tony Award for Best Actress in a Musical went to Christine Ebersole, portraying the character Dorothy Brock from the musical 42nd Street. Oh, okay. In 2002, the uh, wonderfully talented Sutton Foster played Millie Dillmount in a uh, revival of Thoroughly Modern Millie. Okay. In 2003, celebrity Big Brother champion Marissa Janet Winokur one of the Tony for playing Tracy Turnblatt in Hairspray. That's where I know that name from. Turnblatt's Hairspray. Okay. Indeed. And in 2004, a little musical you might have heard of by the name of Wicked hit the stage. Oh. And Adele Nazim herself. Yes, Adina Menzel won for playing a character 
not the Wicked Witch of the West. No, that's not her character name. Her character name is Elphaba. Elphaba. Uh, okay. Musicals, again, not one of my strong suits. So, um, But I knew Turnblad from, from the John Waters movie. So that, that's why it was tickling my brain. Indeed, indeed. Well, you know, you are uh, on a bit of a downward spiral here, losing yeah. uh, last too long, but hopefully we can defy gravity and get it back up towards the top here with your eight-point television question. Are you ready, sir? Yes, sir. Lay it on me. The, the Defying gravity. That was a wicked reference. That was, that was funny. <laughs> Okay, was gotcha, gotcha. Funny. <laughs> I saw you had no reaction to it, but I wasn't expecting one. All right. Eight-point television. Good luck. Here we go. A 1992 segment featuring an 11-year-old Meghan Markle and her successful letter-writing campaign to get a sexist television commercial to alter its voiceover was one of the first stories covered by a news program hosted by who? This sounds like something that would have been covered on a youth-orientated channel slash program. Uh, And I know, I remember... Linda Ellerby hosting Nick News early on uh, after I think she had her little tiff with uh, NBC and I think they fired her. She quit. Um, I think there was a, you know, it's a he said, she said, or she said, they said situation in, as far as that goes. Uh, Ellerby definitely begins with an E. So I'm going to say Linda Ellerby hosting Nick News, a segment of Nick News. Linda Ellerby is your answer. So this was one of the more interesting, at least to me, stories that came about in the run-up to the royal wedding of uh, one uh, Suits star, Meghan Markle. (laughs) She had been on television when she was 11 years old. Uh, Apparently she was doing a classroom project where they watched commercials and had to write some commentary about them. And she found the sheer number of commercials where the only thing that women could do was be mom and work in the kitchen uh much to her uh much to her chagrin she, she, didn't, she didn't like it she didn't like it very much uh and so she wrote a letter to procter and gamble about how uh you know when you say that ivory dishwashing liquid is great for women why don't you just say it's great for people and uh, sure enough they agreed with her and they changed the copy of the commercial because they were like you're right it's great for people it's women are not the only ones who do the dishes or nor should they we didn't okay. uh, mean to imply that they hadn't thought of it so they uh, this story was covered by uh nick news it was the first year of the show it lasted a very long time and yes uh, after her uh, days at the network linda ellerby one of the greatest journalists of uh, our generation went down there and hosted it. So Linda Ellerby is the correct answer. Well done. Woo, I'll take it. And so it goes. Eight points for you. Well done. Let us do some math here. And we actually have math to do. Uh, 14 <laughs> points in that round uh, of a possible 20. We're going to add that to the 31 you had coming into the round. And we are entering the final round with 45 points. Kudos to you, sir. Well done. Okay. Let's 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 keep it rolling. Let's let's see if I can keep it up or if I'm going to flame out. <laughs> Point value is available to you in our highest scoring round three, five, seven, and nine. Here are the categories we're going to be using in round four. We're going to kick things off with the mashup, followed up with science, science. Move along to literature, and we are going to wrap up round four with music. But first things first, mashup three, five, seven, nine. Mike, your call. Yeah, I love the mashup category. I don't always do well in it, but based on what's coming up, I think I'm going to have to come out of the gate strong. 
Let's hope I don't stumble and fall. So yeah, I'll I'll go nine on this and, and hope I can get there. All right, nine points for the mashup. Good luck. And here we go. This trio of animated preteens plot and scheme their way through life on a cul-de-sac where down on that street there is violence and a lot of work to be done. Those are song lyrics. <sighs> Electric Avenue, Eddie Grant. Okay. All right. So, animated preteens. A- animated trio, I automatically jump to Animaniacs. I think that's... That's going to get me there. Patrick Avenue, Animaniacs. I can't merge those two together. That'd be... I think there were more than three in the Rugrats. I was never into the Rugrats. A little bit after my time. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to stumble on this one. I'm flaming out already. High points. I'm not getting there. Avenue Q, but that's a play. It's, it's, a, it's the adult Sesame Street. Oh, what the hell? I'll just go Electric Avenue Q. I'm not going to get there. Oh, I can't get there with, with... There was also Ed, Ed, and Eddie. That just came to me. But I can't make that fit with Electric Avenue either. Yeah, I'll, I'll just go Electric Avenue Q. I know it's not right, but... So you are indeed correct that out in the street there is violence and then lots of work will be done. Right, yeah. Is indeed uh, rocking down to Electric Avenue. Sir, you're going to be hating yourself on this one because you you were all over it. You just couldn't quite piece it together. There is a trio of uh, animated preteens who live on a cul-de-sac. That is a Cartoon Network classic. We were looking for Ed... Ed and Eddie Grant. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> oh, I totally didn't think to think I'd go with the artist. I got hung up on the name of the song. Oh, man. I had it. I was right there. You were right oh, there. And then I took it higher. <laughs> yes, you did. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Wrong. Oh, man, I'm feeling for you. Not too hard because you got 45 points coming into this round, so I'm not feeling too hard. But said it to Ed, Ed, and Eddie. If only I had stopped to think of the musical artist. If only. Indeed. You even said Eddie Grant at one point. When you first came up with the lyric, ugh, ugh. And may I add, ugh. Three questions left. Science is up next. We have three. We have five. We have seven. Let me go three on science. Three points for science. Good luck. Here is your question. Building a wall will not help American forests from an ongoing invasion of what uninvited Asian animal that is threatening the ecological health of the Midwestern United States? Midwest being invaded by an Asian critter. Okay. It's got to begin with an E. Makes me think of invasive species, typically an insect. So it's Midwest forest being invaded by an Asian species. So I don't know if it's going to have like a, a name like Eastern Asian beetle comes to mind. I assume there is such a thing. I'm just I'm just th- trying to think of invasive species. I, I, I go towards insects like flies and beetles, uh, mosquitoes, bees. There's plenty that crawl too. Ants, roaches, and fire ants are a terrible problem down here in the south. And then begin with an E. But again, um, I'm thinking the only invasive type of critter 
that springs to mind that begins with an E. It would be like an earthworms. Um, so I'll I'll just say it's it's a species of earthworms from Asia. I don't know how they got to the Midwest, but that's that's what I'm answering. Just earthworms. Earthworms is your answer. So scientists have not been very successful at tracking these creatures down themselves. Um, they're more seeing the evidence left behind uh, as they uh, poop along their route. Uh, and the poop is uh, unfortunately altering the chemical structure of the soil, which is causing a lot of the natural plant life to not be able to grow. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's literally, you know, they're as they're crawling their way through the country uh, that, uh, yeah, they don't know how to, how to get rid of them because they can't even really find them. They're just finding their, their remnants. They are hoping that things like the uh, polar vortex will just kill enough of them that they can uh, slow the progress of what is known as the Asian jumpers, which is a form of, earthworm well done I, sir i don't care if it is the lowest i'm not going to skunk the round <laughs> well done so, good guess good okay guess. yeah not a lot of e-words uh yes but e, i thought wait i thought you know eastern beetle could have been an answer if there is one i mean that's something <laughs> yeah. i would do so uh <laughs> yeah well I, I figured i'd made up enough names this game i need to stop it and try to come up with something real we have literature next uh, you have a five left you have a seven left what are you going to do about lit? I'll go five on lit. Not going to get totally lit. Only going to get partially lit. <laughs> exactly. Five points for literature. Good luck. Here is your question. This 1952 allegorical novel is set in the Salinas Valley and details the life of a wealthy stranger named Trask. What is it? 1952 novel. Trask is the character. Um, that sounds... That was a... Uh... It's not of mice and men. It's not grapes of wrath. It's Steinbeck, though. Oh my God! What Steinbeck novel begins with an E? East of Eden. East of Eden. That's the, that's my answer. East of Eden. East of Eden uh, kind of struck you uh, from out of the blue there. Yes. <laughs> yes, it did. Much as if some sort of uh, some sort of uh, godlike creature. Uh, came down to cast you out of your uh, trivia house and send you away. Uh, the 1952 novel, pretty much the story of two brothers and uh, one kills the other one. gets yeah. the mark on his forehead. Uh, this is the Trask family and it is John Steinbeck's East of Eden. Well done, sir. All right. All right. Good job. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> we have one question left. It is going to be worth seven points to you. It is music. Are you ready for the final regulation question? Yeah, let's do it. This drummer played with Herbie Hancock and Marvin Gaye before eventually gaining individual fame and a short stint as the band leader on a late night talk show. Who is it? The only drummer I can think of. You said short stint, though, right? I did. It's not Quest Love. What other drummer is a band leader on a late night talk show? Fred Armisen, again, not, not with an E. Oh, man. Defunct talk show, then, okay. Chevy Chase show. Dennis Miller had a show. So it's, I think it's, it's got to be a defunct talk show with the drummer as the leader. I don't think I'm going to get there with 
They played with Herbie Hancock and who else? Marvin Gaye? That is correct. I'm getting befuddled here. So he was a drummer for Herbie Hancock and Marvin Gaye. Oh, oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Um, I think I got it. Uh, it, would, it would be not the first name, but I'm pretty sure that Sheila E. did a stint as a drummer on a talk show. Uh, was it for, was it for, was it for um, Arsenio for a minute, maybe? Uh, so, so I'm going to go Sheila E. I have no idea what the E stands for. So I'm glad I don't have to answer that. But I'm going to say Sheila E. Sheila E is your answer. I think a lot of your hang up there at first, you kept saying he. Exactly. Saying exactly. He. Yeah. The E actually in question for Sheila stands for Escovedo. Our father was a musician, introduced her to a lot of musicians uh, back in the day. I mean, you know, her biggest probably claim to fame is when she started touring with Prince. Prince. Yep. Uh, she had quite the glamorous life, but it was not very magical when she was uh, had a, a short gig as the band leader uh, on the Magic Hour, a fine talk show from Magic Johnson, which was not fine at all. Uh, yeah, she didn't start off as a sidekick. He had uh, at least two or three different comedians come in to try and help him out, and no one stayed very long, and then they just let Sheila did it. and It only lasted eight weeks, and it was over, right. mercifully. Okay. Uh, probably the only show worse than the Magic Hour was the Chevy Chase the Chevy show. Chevy Chase show, <laughs> by far, yeah. Um, but well done. Seven points for you on that one. Ding, ding. Okay, I'll take it. Even though I got the talk show host wrong, I will, I will take it. There's no rules that say you have to get the details right. <laughs> uh, there's nothing bizarre about 15 points out of a possible 24, except for the fact it rarely happens. You have done quite well through regulation, sir. 60 points if we add that 15 to the 45 we had coming into the round, and I've already done that. So, yes, indeed, 60 points. As we head into the confidence question, here is how it is going to work. This is your last chance to try to improve your final score. Only one question is before you. Only one answer is required. I will give you the category, and you must wager between 1 and 10 points. Get it right. I will happily add it to your score, but get it wrong. And, oh, sir, get it wrong. <laughs> I'm going to stick you in a room in the bad place where nothing but <laughs> Tony award-winning musicals Blare over the loudspeakers while you watch Magic Johnson fumble his way through guest interviews with people you've never heard of for hour upon hour. I'll give you a little sorbet of Abraham Lincoln to wash it off <laughs> okay. every so often. Uh, but before I give you the question, I must give you the category. That, sir, has been submitted by you. And I have chosen from your choices here, from the options you have uh, requested. A very fine category, three letters long. Yes, it is the MCU, otherwise known as the Marvel Cinematic Universe. How confident, sir, are you in said category, one through ten? I'm on a roll. I'll go ahead and go all in for ten. I mean, if I miss it, I'll end on 50, which is a perfectly respectable score, so... Uh, I should say uh, all that and a bag of chips. Good luck, sir. Here is your ten-point confidence question. Good luck. Now, with all these darn comic book movies, it can get downright confusing as to which characters are owned by which studios. However, when making Deadpool, what character was traded so that Fox Studios could use Negasonic Teenage Warhead? I don't know this off the top of my head. Well, that's a victory for me right there. It is. <laughs> Gonna have to do a little... 
try to see if I can dive into my mind palace, as it were, to come up with this. Um, so it sounds like that Fox traded a character to use teenage Negasonic Warhead for Deadpool. Fox would have had the license to. Doesn't necessarily uh, adhere it to um, X-Men because they also had Fantastic Four. I know Namor is one that's got shaky rights. Annihilus, that would fit in with Guardians of the Galaxy. He's from, oh, oh, Guardians. Mm. Okay. Um, yeah, this character is, is a cosmic character. Appeared a lot in a lot of Fantastic Four stories. I remember uh, my favorite, uh, although I'm sure he was created by um, either Steve Ditko or Jack Kirby along with Stan Lee. My, my favorite art, artistic rendition of it was by John Byrne during his run on the Fantastic Four. Uh, and um, he is the living planet, also known as Ego, who played uh, Peter Quill's father in um, Guardians of the Galaxy 2 which is not his origin from the comics, but I'm more than willing to give uh, the MCU a leeway as long as they keep telling such entertaining stories. All right. So it appears that your answer was Ego, uh, of which uh, you probably have uh, quite a full one (laughs) after today's episode. Uh, Given the results here, they wanted to change some of the... powers uh, in the original original comic book i guess the uh the powers held by negasonic teenage warhead was that uh, she was telekinetic and had some sort of mind reading uh, tel- telepathic powers and they right. said well, can we just change that to like be actually like she can explode things with her head <laughs> and they said well tell you what we're gonna do yeah james gunn has this idea for ego the living planet to be peter quill's father and he doesn't have a backup plan so we'll let you do that if you let us use ego because otherwise he we don't have a second movie um and so a, a deal was struck uh and uh they didn't have to go into a huge argument as to whether or not ego actually debuted in fantastic four or thor so <laughs> right okay have caused uh probably a much uh much more consternation nevertheless ego is the correct answer 10 points added to your 60 70 points my goodness sir it's full of stars uh well done well done anything you'd like to say before i throw you out of the seat once and for all no thank you man uh again a great set of questions um i got uh, lucky on a couple of them especially the ones that weren't in my wheelhouse like sports and geography i'm surprised on those um but yeah man um appreciate what you do just just keep doing it man i i love your show and uh yeah i'll take my 70 points and i'll run on out of here (laughs) indeed uh you have set the bar mighty high my friend uh we'll be seeing you soon for those of you out there who did not meet my guest this week hey there's always next week come on and give it another try we will be back next time uh you know let's Hold off on the F words right now because F words are coming up next week. I'm sure some of you are saying a few, but until next week, thank you all for listening. Take care, Mike. You mainly the hot seat. Everyone else, bye bye. <laughs> did you beat our guest, or did our guest beat you? Tell us all about it on Twitter at DMGPod. Also, please review and rate us on iTunes. And if you like what you've heard, spread the word. This is absolutely not been Mark Boots and Bill Tobin production. Drinking juice and Kate drinks only soda, but he eats everything. 
Yeah, he eats everything.